I mean, I can give you my quick take in that it's about sexual awakening. Yeah, and repression. you gotta fucking wait now because this is something we'll have to <laughs> fucking talk about on the show. I was just, oh man, it's fun seeing these sisters, goddamn bullshit. I completely forgot the second, uh, the first one was a musical going into the second one. Guess what? Second one's a musical too. Spoiler. I had no, I don't fucking, I don't even know where you get these through lines. So that's something to look for next time. <laughs> Next week, Jesus Christ! Uh, get out of here! All right, you later, brother. <laughs> Welcome, friends, to random number one twenty-four. That's right, roomies and movies number one hundred and twenty-four. I'm Ox. That over there is Luke, and we're going to be telling you about the latest and greatest you should be checking out. Maybe some you should avoid. But for this week, we've got the weeklies, which is basically Titans. Watchmen, His Dark Materials, and Mandalorian. Uh, I got caught up with The Hate You Give mid-90s and Minding the Gap that Luke just told me about a couple nights back. Uh, We also watched the new one, Wounds, on Hulu. I think it's been up there a week or so. Uh, And then we're going to be talking Doctor Sleep, which we didn't get to last week because we had unforeseen troubles with Anchor because I was just being a real bastard near the end. So, did you get everything watched on that list anyway? Yes. Did you watch anything other besides that, all of that? No. Nice. Um, Any other news that you would like to talk about before we jump into it? No. All right, then how much did you enjoy Titans? Uh... It made me realize that I really like the show when it's just focusing on Deathstroke and his family, and that's all I really want right now. Hmm, that's fair. Uh, no, it was a really good episode, considering we had two back-to-backs that were just kind of sloggy. Um, but again, like we bitched about last week, like it's slogged because they've strayed away from the narrative through point of the season, which is Deathstroke. And when we get back to that, the show's good. I don't know. That, I don't know. Ten minutes we spent with Hank was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was fun seeing them uh, do their own mad, their own shit. Um, I, like, a lot of this could have been cut away, but I'm glad, like, we get it. Even though, like, to tighten up the, the whole season uh, would take a monumental effort. Uh, we get to see Jericho jump back, jump into Deathstroke's body, which... The mom wanting him to bring the Jericho. I was like, there's no body, so I don't understand how that's going to work out. But uh, I bet she jumps into Jason's body. <laughs> God, poor Jason. What a little baby. Listen, Jason's the only one with a, with a lick of respect right now. <laughs> to hell with everybody else. I'm Jason's team. To hell with all those other Titans. <coughs> It's true. It's just like you don't fuck you don't get you. dumped after you propose a nice chili chili dog that you've sat and prepared over in somebody's other in somebody's kitchen where they had all the supplies for you to make it. That's just, <laughs> I love that's how the, like I love the idea that like they broke into this super nice like mansion in Gotham and it's just full of chili cheese dogs. <laughs> but uh, it was nice seeing her be forthcoming about all that shit, and then. I don't know. I like Jason's character, even though it's so conflicting to what it has been. 
Um, the other odd point is how they've uh, weaponized Gar at this point. Not oh god, it's that, so dumb. <laughs> it's very dumb. Um, and yeah, le- next week's the last episode. Uh, we're gonna get the big showdown with Deathstroke. Probably have to figure out how to save Gar. Uh, it looks <coughs> like everybody's coming back together. Um, I didn't know Deathstroke didn't couldn't be hurt or like has regenerative properties, whatever. He, it's like, it's that comic booky term of like he heals faster, but is he doesn't have like Wolverine or even like roses. Oh, okay, because like fucking roses is ridiculous, so it's not right like on that level. Okay. No, no, it's just, it's that catch-all, like, all superheroes heal faster. Almost everyone has it. Um, <clears throat> but, so yeah. Wouldn't Rose's eye be back? I'm, I'm guessing no, because, like, Deathstroke knows. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It's that weird thing where he's like, I know how to hurt you. It's so, it's weird. If but... it comes up next point, or next episode, where, like, she has to unlock some special thing with her special eye like Sam Jackson did. I'll be upset, but <laughs> only slightly. but uh but what I love like that they didn't do was like they've truncated like a lot of Rose's story to the periphery of the season. <laughs> um like I it, she seemed much more uh, I don't know, like her turn to back the Titans works a lot more in the comic because you see how devoted she was to Deathstroke versus just kind of like, no, I'm with Daddy now. Is it in this? Even though I do like what they did this episode, but like in the books, like she, you know, he's tough uh, on her, like he is in the show. But she's like, and he's like, you're weak. You know, you know, you'll never be my daughter, or whatever. And like she rips her own eye out to prove Shit. how much she is like him, <laughs> and like prove her loyalty. That's crazy. Uh, does Deathstroke have? Or is he missing an eye too, or does he just wear the patch for the fuck of it? No, he's missing an eye. Because, like, his mask, it only has the left eye, right? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's weird. Uh, but yeah, Plus, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm glad they didn't wrap it up in this, this episode <laughs> like they did last season. Yeah, but there's also, like, that weird stuff of just, like, Oh wait! I, I don't. What? I just remembered what the first season was, and it left on like everything's ending and shit. We're probably headed towards that. I think they're. I think they'll probably wrap up the Deathstroke stuff and like set up uh, mm-hmm. Starfire's sister. Is what they're probably gonna do. Yeah, that's what I figure. I hope so. Um, it'd be a real pain in the ass if they kind of leave it open ended for the fall of next year. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. Uh, it. It's a weird, it's a weird line that it's like, it's I really flip flop back and forth on this show because I want to really enjoy it, and then like they just kind of throw like the last two episodes at us, and it's like, well, we could have done with a lot uh, without a lot of that, but it is what it is. Without almost all of it, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. So uh check out titans it's about finished uh it wraps up this week and we get to see grayson's new uh outfit and alias i guess he's gonna actually be darkwing or not darkwing uh is it darkwing 
Nightwing. Nightwing. Darkwing is a duck. That's right. It is. <laughs> but yeah, get caught up uh, because I don't know when it, it's supposed. It's slated for next fall, uh, but that's with HBO Max, and nobody knows what the hell is going on with all of that yet. So get caught up and watch some Deathstroke goodness. <laughs> yeah, watch um, him just like fight his own daughter above a rebar pit, being like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you, I'll show you on that rebar." <laughs> Uh, jumping from there to uh, his Dark Materials. Did you enjoy that? Depends. Did you watch both episodes or just the mm-hmm. one? Just the one. I saw you had watched four, so I just went to three. Mm, I watched four. Um, four is better, but I still don't like the show. So uh, three is really bad. Oh, man. It's hard... It sucks because I'm very captivated by this very boring show. And like they tell me everything I want from it and then they don't give me any of that. Um, Like they're talking witches now and we see the polar bear in the preview so I'm like I'm down. But we're already halfway through the season and like it's just expository after expository and like we even take 10 minutes to learn how to use the compass finally. Yeah, and even then you don't quite know what it is. It just like magically works. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't I don't understand this world. I guess, which is weird for how expository it is. But like, it, so does who, it start like, to pick up a little with the next episode? Like, we actually get some action and moving along. Uh, well, the next episode is fucking Scoresby and the polar bear. So like, you get the characters you want. Goddamn right. <laughs> but um, but it's still kind of like, I don't know. It's just a lot of. You know yeah, how we were talking about Charlie's Angels last week? How like that would be great for setting up the next next iteration. Mm. It feels very much how they're doing this show. Like I keep thinking back to Golden Compass like a decade ago. And how we just mo- booked through that first uh, movie and like they had so many set up afterwards and like that one just fell flat on its face so they're just like ah fuck it we're not doing it <laughs> um, but like we were way, way past this point um, within the first half hour or so um, and I do appreciate that they're taking the time to be like even though like anybody paying even an ounce of attention last week realized that the evil lady was her mom when she said when she started talking about Alistair being a bad father like obviously that's your mom right there like and they look almost identical just 30 years difference Um, yeah it's weird and it's like I don't know who these characters are enough to feel the reveal you know like like Miss Coulter just feels like a generic bad person and mm-hmm. Lyra's kind of a cipher at this point of like this chosen one. But then so you like you don't get the feel of you know yeah, that'd be like Yeah, it's really weird. That'd that be like if... Oh okay. What were you saying? Oh, I was gonna say it's it's it it would be the equivalent of like forty five minutes into the first Star Wars you found out Darth Vader was Luke's dad. Like it yeah. wouldn't you know, you don't get any of the emotional payoff to it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. They're it, for as much as they're telling you what's going on, it just feels like everything's dragging along, and like 
perhaps will get payoff later down the road and like all this stuff will make sense why they're dragging along and telling us about all this stuff but like let's just get on with it let's fucking let's go have some polar bear fights and shit like that that's all i want plus i i didn't understand like the part where um the kids are breaking into her apartment and she attacks them like i understand like the demons are part of their soul on the outside and like if the demon gets hurt you know the person gets hurt but when like when her monkey's beating up that kid's demon and then she's beating the kid like a monkey doing like the overhand fucking slam things, I was like, what the fuck is going on? I don't so even this, understand. That's anymore. the most interesting part to me. Um, I don't believe her and her demon are connected as much as everybody else's demon is. Um, we saw last the second episode where Lyra was walked in on the monkey like fucking around and, like, all of a sudden, the lady was on the other side of the hallway. Um, so I don't think they're as connected as they are. And I almost <coughs> think that she's from our world and, like, has crossed over. And then found a demon, a demon, whatever. Um, yeah. But I don't know. It, it, as much as they're world building, they aren't doing shit for the characters. And yeah. I think that's the part where, which I'm really struggling with is because, like, I don't have any reasons to give a shit about any of these characters. Yes, exactly. So, so we'll see. Um, episode four for next week. Uh, you've already watched, um, I guess. No, we can't do five because it will be out after we record next week. But, yeah. So, watch from before. Um, from there... Uh, let's talk some fucking Watchmen and how I'm tired of you being right on the ball about all of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I could imagine, like halfway being through this episode, I was like, man, that reveal would be so badass if Luke would have just fucking called absolutely all of this last week. Well, like, I don't think... I don't think it's like any, like super insightful thing i think the show laid the seeds for it very well i think i just picked up on them a little better than maybe you did which is point point and parcel for the shows like talking about story and how they're building it and pointing these things out um you know like i said and what i was talking about was exactly right you know that he drew inspiration from it from bass reeves and like how much that looked like hooded justice in that video i am i'm really glad that they really played it up and like went back to it and showed it off some more. Um, I figured they probably wouldn't. And then I'd, when I'd rewatch the whole thing again, uh, I'd get that hint or nod. But uh, yeah, I think they did an incredible job of explaining who he was and what he dealt with growing up. And like, you definitely feel for this character that hung the white dude in the, the, <laughs> the fucking tree or made him hang himself in the tree. Um, yeah. It's, I think there's I don't still know. more it's... to that. Um, I would pro- I would be surprised if that chief isn't uh, Met- Metropolis's son. Oh, I think that might be going a little too far. Uh, <clears throat> listen, I'm sure it's going too far. And then when it doesn't happen, I'll be like, see, this is why I'm disappointed in this show so forever. Uh, no, I'm, I'm interested to see how all this folds in because it seems like everything's being collected towards the center. And I think we're going to get some big reveals once um, Manhattan finally shows up. 
probably won't be till the last episode, but like, man, what a great episode this was for sure. Just sticking with uh, Hooded Justice and the old man and like going through the memories as um, Sister Knight. Yeah, no, it's like, it's this, I don't know. It's, it's an amazing episode of television. Like I was just like jaw on the floor watching this episode. Um, just the way it plays with everything in terms of story and filmmaking and characterization. Like it's just so on point. It's, it's like disgusting how well written this show is. (laughs) (laughs) I, I agree a thousand percent. Like you're doing yourself a real injustice if you're not watching this for sure. Um, but like, I even saw, like, I was worried last night like getting online after it had aired and like the first couple tweets I had read was like get offline and watch Watchmen right now because HBO like is no holds bar for spoilers I was like you make a good point and then I went and watched it (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I mean just just there's so much to love in this show um the you know it's it's dealing with topics that we've dealt with a lot in the past few years on the show you know inherited trauma and what you get from you know your parents and what's passed down and ptsd and uh uh, black rights and women's rights and it's just it's molding all of this stuff into this amazing narrative ball that just won't stop rolling once it gets going yeah i mean honestly i'm pretty sure we could talk about Watchmen for another 20 minutes whereas you take the the other side of the coin with his dark materials where they're just not giving you enough, but giving you so much of just other bullshit. But like, this feels like everything they show you is important and you're going to see that down the road in some fashion. And like, plus, you know, like just like, just how in, in terms of everything, this is a, like a game changer of an episode. Um, You know, it, it, it posits, you know, we'll, we we go back. We've talked about it. You know, over the a couple episodes now of the 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 many Superman nods that they seem to be dropping into the show, and you completely yeah. get that in this episode's paid off when you know the the newsstand guy is reading Action Comics number one, and Will sees the parallel between him and Superman. <coughs> Excuse me, and then um, when you see you know like the idea of even now and you know like black superhero representation is not a big thing yet Mm -hmm. and this is a whole universe that's built around the idea that the first superhero was a black man and everyone who came followed him um but then you watch like when it you see how much of what angela is seeing in will's past reflects what is happening in the present to her and how much nothing has changed in 70 years and how we still have to deal with the same things. Like it's, it's powerful and it's a moving episode. It's insane. (laughs) Like, you know, like the idea that Will has this, this idea in his head, you know, he grew up with these Bass Reed films and, you know, it's the, the law and law, you know, uh, you know, stop in the name of the law and we do right because we have the badge is what we need to do. And he can't get it done with that. So he has to do don a mask to get there. 
And then when you see in the present, it's the mask that is ubiquitous and still mm-hmm. not being able to get the job done. And what, you know, there's that, <coughs> excuse me, that scene at the end, towards the end of the episode where he runs into Fred again in his police uniform and then puts on the mask. It's this molding of the two that mirrors what's going on in the present. Yeah. Fuck. That's so good. <sighs> this show is too much. It's so good. Plus, plus it's this deep, deeply affecting episode about race and relations and the whole show as a whole of, you know, this, this side of, our past that everyone wants to seem to ignore or just brush away, <laughs> excuse me. And, you know, we're, it, it's powerful and moving and making us look at these things. And then it also has a fucking hypno ray, you know, like it's just, it's the best of everything right now. Damn. For sure. Um, I'm really pleased with where this is about going and, and how they're laying everything out. Like this, could very possible be be the uh, time I forgive Lindelof for everything in the past. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you got to give him props. He's a credited writer on every episode. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Plus, plus, he said uh, in an interview that, um, you know, he had turned down the HBO came to him about Watchmen like two or three times, and he kept turning them down. And when he took it, it was because he had this idea that he he wanted to build towards, and that was this episode. It was the idea of the first superhero was black, and what would that mean for this world, and what did that have to go through? And can you imagine, oh man? I'm only thinking about how uproarious the internet will be once they kind of finally put that together uh, <laughs> with all the shit that they've given Ray about being this Mary Sue and everything else, and just having their way with uh, Last Jedi and everything like that, like. I cannot believe that they'd be able to uh, bite their tongue about that. So, yeah. Plus, and then everybody gets to call them idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and the show is just so good. Like the the you know, like you said, everything's there for a reason. Like when you go back to like episode one or two, where they're showing the show within the show about hooded justice, and you see him stop that robbery and come breaking through the window, you know, to announce that I'm hooded justice. And this is the birth of the crime fighter. And you actually see that play in the inverse in this episode where it was a KKK meeting. He was breaking up and it was him jumping away out of the shop. Like it's just this inverse. I didn't get that at all, man. See, this is why I have you along. Um, <laughs> I think it was more telling that. Um, Cause it, in the show, he's white, right? And like everybody thinks he's white because he wears the the uh, white makeup around his face, as much like his granddaughter does with the blackening that she does for her mask and makeup. Well, it's that too, but it's also the idea of it's the reversal of all super, yeah. you know, like Bat, even Bale's Batman. You know, there's always black behind over the eyes around the cow, and it's an inverse that he has to do the opposite he literally he's wearing two masks to wear a mask he has to put a mask on before that right he has to lighten the shadow um damn damn i had something else keep talking i can't remember what i was gonna say (laughs) uh but yeah i think it was awesome um uh, even another point is when he catches his kid putting his makeup on and doesn't want this life for him pretty much but like 
his wife at the point realizes what's happening and she needs to get the hell away from all of that madness or the hate that exists in him that he won't uh, actually admit to. Um, but then when he does, it's fine. It's too late for that. So it's time to move yeah. back to Tulsa. Yeah, but it's, yeah. Just, it, it's great. It's, it's really, really, really good. <laughs> like, mm. It might be my favorite piece of media so far this year. They don't fuck up the next, what, two episodes, three episodes? I think we got three. Um, and I'm going to be pretty disheartened after that, for sure. Because it's fucking, and it's, it's incredible TV, for sure. So, yeah. Com- considering we're taking this, uh, Oh, yeah, I got it. I, I, okay. I latched I back on. <laughs> I found the thread. <laughs> um, uh, when you were talking about uh, the mass and whatever, and I was going into cultural appropriation, um, Bass Reeves, the person that Will f- f- built his whole ideal upon and wanted to become based on him, you know, that's the this ideal that he lived to and strived towards, and then this lawfulness that he wanted to believe in inspired him to become Hooded Justice, and then Hooded Justice inspired all these people, and it's all about. You know, like we've been talking about, could a black man do that? You know, he had to be white to establish this. Bass Reeves is the inspiration for the Lone Ranger. Like, cultural appropriation. They took the idea of this black man doing this, and you can't sell it as a black man. You turned it into a white man. And it's literally... Like, it's just... It's so much to it. it. I can't even fathom all of this. That's insane. And I, yeah, no, I, it's with like, you knowing all this stuff, like, I'm sure, like, you're just in awe the whole fucking way through. Like, I'm glad I'm getting those bits and details throughout, but, like, fuck. It's, yeah, no, it's so good. To be, <laughs> to be something based on a property that's 40 year, 40 or 50 year old now? Uh, what, Watchmen? Yeah. Is it 40? 80, 86, I think, came out. Yeah, so damn near 35, 40. Um, and kind of taking that and putting it on, it, on its head almost. Um, it was crazy. Yeah, and, but also living within that yeah. perfectly. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, you know, Hooded Justice was the only thing within the original comic that never was explained. Like, they say, you know, when he went missing that they thought it was this circus strongman or whatever, but everyone else you know hollis manson came out and he wasn't the original night owl and uh giuseppe was the original silk specter and everyone knew blake was the comedian hooded justice was the only one no one ever knew no one knew for sure who that man was son of a bitch god damn it it's so good like it is it's so good god damn if you're not watching Watchmen, i don't know what else we can say to sway you because you fucking need to be yeah, and like, and I get it that like, the episode was the focus around Will, and that's what we did. But like, the idea that you know when he joined and was talked into doing the Minutemen, and he then he went, and it was just like a publicity stunt, you know. And they they shut him down when he tried talking. That right after that was when the comedian tried raping the original Silk Spectre, and then Hooded Justice stopped it. Like, I kind of wanted to see that, but I get why we didn't. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I would be surprised if we don't see that probably coming into the next episode because I'm sure she's still 
tripping on nostalgia. But also, you got to think of like the the idea that Blake did that to uh, Sally and was stopped by Hooded Justice, and now both of the their kids are together. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know? like that's what I'm saying is like everything's folding in neatly on itself. Like I have a feeling that the chief's death still has something important that's going to come up in the next couple episodes. Um, but I'm, I don't know that like, there's a part of me that's kind of like, I think fucking hooded, you know, Will was just killing racists. Yeah. I mean, it very well you, could be that, but, um, to have, cause you get that, like you get that when he's like, when he gets into the tree and then he shuts it off and you know, Don Johnson's like, you don't know me. I'm doing this for you people. And it just, he's dripping with disdain while he says that, you know, and like trying to, the idea of, you know, he even says, you know, I'm, oh, I'm hiding the clan robe in my closet. Cause you know, it, it's my grandfather's and it's my history. You know, that it's the same fucking shit people say about the Confederate flag. But he said and why it was should, his you know, grandfather's, right? Yes. And I'd be, I'd be very shocked if it, if that didn't turn out to be capital or, uh, the main guys, I can't think of his damn name. The main superhero. Captain Metropolis, yeah. the one he was fucking? Yeah. Because, Do you really think like a KKK member would sleep with a black man and be gay? Uh, yes, because I think he was playing all the sides of it. I mean, even if they had that uh, press junket just so he could advertise for some other places. Like... I could definitely see him being naive to enough to think that all that was going through without a doubt. Like, um, and, and I, I think... mean, you think of the ways that he brought um, his granddaughter and Suspector's daughter together by like dropping the vehicle right in front of her, and she was, or the granddaughter was inside the historical place for that at that moment, like. I think everything's tied together and it's it's all going to come out. But this is also me I think in the dark trying to get one over on you. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I I don't believe that. I think the Captain Metropolis thing is I see what you're trying to connect there, <laughs> but I think like you get I think you get the answer of when he literally just says I don't care about you and your problems you need to you know yeah. he jokingly says like you can try and solve black on rest yourself mm-hmm. I, I i think it's just that's his his nothingness towards this it's not that he would look down upon it because obviously he is in a minority himself also, being a gay man i also felt like he was trying to dissuade him from his investigation because i think he knew that it led to the kkk I think he was literally just using hooded justice to legitimate mm. legitimatize his own brand. Yeah, I can see that too. So, um, all right, let's jump from there. To- but do you want? <laughs> yes, I do. So, uh, uh, my other theory will be that uh, Lady True's clock that she's building in Tulsa, that giant thing, it's a time machine. Mm. Why would someone build a giant fucking intricate clock like that? It makes no sense. It's got to be something. What would I think you... they're trying to undo the past. Oh, Plus, shit. when we're dealing so much with the show around nostalgia and past and what we're doing, 
And even True's own storyline, you know, is dealing with like the horrors of Korea you know what? and what happened Listen, there. Next time, next week, when I say, yeah, I want to hear your theories, I don't. I don't fucking want it at all. Because that would have been a fantastic reveal. And I'm like, oh, that's going to happen now. And it'll be like, well, son of a bitch, Luke. Son of a bitch. And it's fascinating. And I would not be surprised. Remember when, like, something crashed down on that farm uh-huh. and she claimed God it? God damn it. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if, like, that was Dr. Manhattan and she literally has him, like, trapped and powering this machine? Huh. I thought you were going to go the other way and say that was Velt or Velt that she uh, had rescued or something. So. Because I think, I think there's. Mm, yeah. We'll see. Now I'm just throwing, like, big fucking <laughs> wine balls out there. Uh, fascinating shit. I can't wait to fucking see it all unfold. We got three episodes to go. You should definitely be watching it. From there, uh, let's talk Mandalorian then. We got episode three, and, uh, does he have a name, or is he just going by Mando, essentially? He's just the Mando. Uh, do any of them have names? Well, the subtitles literally said, like, large Mandalorian, not one person. <laughs> Uh, so the main Mando, uh, takes, drops off Baby Yoda and, uh, grabs his bounty, gets some new fucking armor, and then goes steals it back. Yeah. And, like, for, that's all that happened, essentially. Uh, but, like, the show is so rich with details, and, like, it shows off everything so great, and, like, there's this power struggle amongst the uh, bounty hunter group, Mandalorians, whatever. Um, God, it's so fucking cool. Like all these characters, and then to see uh, the original Lando <laughs> kind of just fucking off and being like, "I'm a bounty hunter now, so you got to do this." Mm, right see way. now you're not. Now you're being racist. How am I being racist? Not all black people look alike. That's Carl Weathers, not fucking Lando. Was he not? Oh, fuck. Billy D. Williams was Lando. That's that's Carl Weathers from Predator, son. And Apollo Creed. That's who I was thinking of. Fucking Apollo Creed. Um, my apologies. Uh, you apologize to Billy D. I apologize, Billy D. And his D. sweet, sweet Colt 45. I love you, you fucking Lando. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's it's really interesting to see them that'll uh, play out and like essentially this bounty hunter that shouldn't give a fuck starts to give a fuck. <laughs> well, like I I kind of like what they're setting up, and I like the idea of um, you know we kind of get like that first thirty minutes of like John Wick three of like. Now we have this bounty hunter on the run and all these other bounty hunters are going to be going after him. Like that's a good setup mm-hmm. for the rest of the show. Um, I, l- I still liked it, but I think this is the weakest of the three episodes. Um, mainly because I cannot goddamn stand that fucking like when all the Mandalorians come out at the end, I'm like, oh, God, I can't do this. Uh, no, I think it was very necessary. Like there's, there's a, a respectable belief that you can put so far so much on Mando's uh, shoulders, but him taking on a whole fucking quarter full of bounty hunters after him in this baby, he can't handle that. So it was cool to see that. Which I would have been that. cool, like, I would have been cool, like, if that was, you know, he's trapped in the cart and they're all coming closer 
And then like the the weaponsmith like flew his ship in and he jumped in and they flew off. Hmm. Instead of being like, now all of a sudden, 20 Mandalorians jetpack in. I'm like, what the fuck? The, no, my this favorite is part awful. about this is uh when the when he's getting his new armor and like everybody's looking over his shoulder and everything, he's like yeah, only one of us can be singing at a time. And it's like, well, you guys kind of fucking blew that out of the fucking what, what work. And and for, like, no narrative reason. <laughs> like, I don't understand why. Um, because literally, like, that whole scene when he's getting the new armor, you know, they're like... So basically what the, the kind of, like, comparison would be is, like, he is literally getting new armor built out of, like... It would be, like... It would be equivalent of like you got a bunch, you know, like the Nazis finally were defeated and you took a bunch of their stolen Jewish gold and built armor out of it. Yeah. Like it's a spit in face to their tradition that he's using the the Empire Beskar to do this. So that's why they're mad at him and they don't like him. So why did they come help him? Well, he did this job for the Empire and now he's stealing the kid back. They don't know that. <laughs> at no point is there any reason for them to know that he's he rescued this baby and turned against the empire and now they're going to come save him. I don't get it. And then they all fly in and they all have fucking jetpacks. And then he's like, mm, I gotta, get one. I gotta get me one of those. And you're like, why don't you? Everyone else seems to fucking have them. Uh, I just like the dude shows up with a giant Gatling gun, a big space Gatling gun. Uh, and then if it wasn't enough, you're like, if it wasn't enough, you'd be like, they got out. It's fine. He's he, you know, unscrews the ball and gives it to the baby. That could be it. It's great. It's a nice little callback. <laughs> Shows how he's evolving. And then fucking, where it's like we're an Iron Man. All of a sudden, Amando comes jetpacking up and salutes him and <laughs> flies off. It's so fucking dumb. Because he totally needed it. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. I, Salute that I was <laughs> I was shocked that like a superimposed American flag was floating behind the oh screen. Can like you it makes imagine? No I'm looking on the internet for that after I'm getting done, we get off of here. Because I know it exists. Uh, man. <laughs> Just like, whew. But I like what they're setting up. I like that they're doing a lot of, like, I think they're getting more assured as the show goes on in uh, non-vocal storytelling. Yeah. Like, you're reading a lot. Mm-hmm. Through you know just a character fully entrenched in a helmet, um, I I still like the idea of you know I I hate the fucking flashbacks. Like every time someone's <laughs> like working some armor, he just has these terrible flashbacks. But uh, you know it it sets up why he would maybe be helping this child. But it doesn't seem like we're off. gonna get any more of that because he has a full fucking set now. I hope not. Also, I don't like the new armor. I like Mando's with like old beat up no armor. Way. I think it looks way cooler. That new fucking armor, I was like, ooh, baby. That looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> because I believe his helmet and, was in like he only had a pauldron before this. Yeah. And you can tell that uh excuse me. That they're obviously gonna set up for the the emotional connection between the two of when he removes his helmet to for the baby. But like it's all things I'm looking forward to. He better not. And like I like that, but he better not take <laughs> that damn helmet off ever. I I remember them. It's coming off. That they never remove the helmet. I know that's the point. It's called <laughs> foreshadowing, son. <laughs> he better not. I swear to God. And if it's that guy from Clone Wars, where it's just a clone of him, that that'd make me happy. 
Yes. <laughs> just fucking just Django fat under there. There you go. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so we'll fucking get Disney Plus. Watch Mandalorian. It's good shit. Um, I just, I love everything about it. Even like the uh, credits roll when they have the fucking fantastic oil paintings of like the shit that transpired the last half hour. Like, yeah, and then it ends with an oil painting of a Mandalorian <laughs> flying by saluting them. It's so dumb. I don't give a shit. I'm, if it doesn't exist, I'm painting it tonight. It's like an American flag. Salute to you, Mr. Mando. <sighs> and can you change it so that baby Yoda in the ship is a bald eagle? <laughs> yeah, that really set it off. I mean, he'd be riding a bald eagle next to uh, Mando's ship. I'm sure of it. He's small enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it's so good. Um, so let's jump from there to talking some older movies. Um, we probably should have switched Watchmen and uh, Mando to go from Watchmen <laughs> into these ones. Um, which, like, these... Um, maybe not all three, but, like, definitely hate you give... Uh, has similar vibes of um, blind spotting and like Watchmen this week for sure. Um, and uh, like, I didn't <laughs> literally the movie started and I was like, Hey, you get, Oh, thug. That's the first time I made that connection. And like, just <laughs> struck through the movie. I was like, now I just feel like an idiot for not noticing it up to this point. Uh, and it made a really great point throughout. Um, what a uh, very strong movie, and like you get the confrontation from her father and uh, his her prom date. Um, I don't know. There's so much I like about this movie, for sure. Um, <clears throat> I didn't have time to go back and watch it. I remember I talked about it after I saw mm-hmm. it. I uh, saw. So, I mean, if you if you want to go dig through the old episodes, you can find my, my fresh thoughts on it. But the I was like, I was trying to remember to get ready, and I remember like there's some moving stuff in there. I really liked a lot of the stuff about, excuse me, like the father. Even though he does come off as like speechifying a lot, mm-hmm. um, I like a lot of what's being said. Excuse me, um, and I love the. Uh, just like the visual power of like when the riots are happening and them standing against the police and what they're trying to accomplish, like that works. Um, but the main thing that stuck in my head was I remember hating, like absolutely loathing the subplot about like her best friend being a racist, like and not knowing it. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of doesn't work, but all at the same point, um, if you think about those words that she said and like, what she's trying to get, and then you get the chief speech at the <laughs> at the tree before he hangs himself. Like they're one and the same, and it makes sense. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the it's such a a strong movie for sure. Um, in dealing with the shit that they have to deal with, and like, um, to go from there, and I think it was, um, mining the gap where uh, the kid was talking about, like, it's his father told him it was a privilege to be black because all the other problems that everybody else faces pale in comparison to this shit. 
And, like, that's no doubt with seeing these very, very powerful movies um, put all this on display. Yeah. Uh, It's wild. Um, You should definitely check it out. Uh, I also really enjoyed the uh, idea of the father uh, giving them power in their names. Like, it's something I've never really thought about. Um, And, like, it just works. Yeah. Like, I get that. But then also he's like, you named Star because you a star. And I'm like, because mm, you, you gotta mm. shine your light. Get out of here. Mm. <laughs> I, at a point, I get it. But that's also just like one step removed from naming your kid fucking Apple. You know, it's just like, <laughs> just give, give people regular names. Fair. It's fair. Um, mid 90s, uh, that was Jonah Hill's first, right? Yes, his directorial debut. Uh, which was a ridiculous. We get <laughs> Good Boys earlier this year, which was just a, a kidified version of um, Superbad, essentially. And we get this. This is like a kidified version of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked really well. Wow. Um, I, uh, I, I did not like that movie. Um, you didn't like mid-90s? Mm-mm. Huh. That's kind of shocking. One, I think there's a part of me that just hates that fucking kid. Like, I just can't stand him half the time. You mean the main kid? Um, yeah, okay. yeah, that little fucking twat. I don't I know. I, I, like, he just I totally don't like him either, but I can get past but, him. <laughs> but, I mean, you can see why I told you to watch Minding the Gap yeah. when you told me you watching yeah, the 90s. Because I, I think... Outside of it kind of just being there on the periphery, like, I think Jonah Hill was just kind of, like, nostalgic and and reliving this era that he grew up in. Um, Whereas, like, I feel mid-90s represents the ideas that he was probably trying to get to but never did about, you know, like, terrible families and you know finding friends and family within this community that you find and it's with skating and stuff um but to me mid-90s just came off as like i knew all those fucking like just fucking skater rap and they were all fucking pieces of shits and i hated them all and (laughs) you know like i that that was my group of friends that i I hung out with in high school so i totally knew you know like (laughs) but like i just don't get anything from like you know, it's these little kids trying to like hang out and get drunk and get laid, and like you know, there's there's it was also, maybe some emotional. So did resonance. you watch, did you rewatch mid nineties? No, I'm just going by when I saw uh, it the first time. So the chick at the party is the chick from Euphoria, which totally weirded me out. Which one? Um, the chick that takes him in the bedroom. It's the oh. The, um, Nate's girlfriend, I guess. I think that was his name. Sure, yeah. Like, yeah, the one who's like, I love being beaten by yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. <laughs> so totally weird to see her kind of. I don't know. It was just too weird. Um, but something I <laughs> yeah. really enjoyed from the movie was the car crash itself. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where we just fucking get the blank shot and it 
she shows his face like seeing what's happening and then it goes to the aftermath. Like we don't have to see the fucking car come out of nowhere and destroy the shit out of the vehicle. No, it's just on its side and they're all fucking worried about getting the fuck out of there and everything. Yeah. But like I said, I don't know. Like I just didn't work for me, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. That's fair. I can see that. But mining the gap was such a great counterpoint for sure. Um, I was just expecting, like, going into that one, I thought you really enjoyed Mid-90s, so I was like, oh, it's just going to be another skateboarder movie, and, like, this is what we're going to show. No, it turned out to be, like, this really great documentary, like, that started kind of from them skateboarding and everything, and, like, showing where their lives, like, kind of diverged. Like, it essentially is what happened after the car crash, and everybody just went their own separate ways for the most part. Yeah, it's just it's. I'd put it up there with like, "Won't you be my neighbor?" Yeah. and like these just like amazingly good documentaries I saw last year. Um, but yeah, it's you know you like you said you think it's about these this group of skaters, and you realize that you know it it opens up and they, you know, it's all about this familial abuse they've all been through and how they supported each other and then grew apart and like death, the small town community and decay and how nothing goes and, you know, and an inheritance of that trauma, you know, like the one guy who starts, you know, abusing his girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know, and like, and what happens and then they have a kid. And do you see that? Is it going to pass down? And how do these, boys at the beginning become men while everything's kind of dying and broken around them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, crazy. Awesome documentary was not expecting to be that powerful. Um, for sure. And especially, I think the, the director, he was like, what, 20, maybe 25 now. Yeah. I mean, he's just like, he's the one who filmed it all. Yeah. And Oh my God, dude, like that scene when like he interviews his mom dude. about like, abusive father i'm just expecting him to be like listen i didn't expect it to get this deep and everything but like no like he was traumatized and like he's trying to get through this interview to like get answers for himself and like oh it's it's fucking heartbreaking and like his mom's like i knew it was happening but what can i do to help make it right now because you shouldn't be living in the past and all this shit it's like goddamn like yeah and you see the 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 one kid who like you know tries to get away and he moves to Colorado and fails and has to come back home and you just see life around him beating him down and you see him heading down the path of like his father it's just like it's 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 heavy stuff and for like a first time filmmaker to have filmed that over the years and assembled it and found like yeah it's crazy the through line. it's crazy yeah it's crazy that he he had the foresight to film all that but the ability to pull that all together and like make the narrative that he did and like i i'm not sure he says anything essentially but it's through his actions and what he did film like his message rings through and it's just really wild to see somebody that young accomplish something like this yeah, so, just crazy. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got for that. Uh, you want to talk wounds? <laughs> Do you? I don't know. Listen, that movie is just fucking really weird. Um, 
really fucking weird. Definitely didn't need it's, to watch um... it right before I went to bed the other night. Um, <laughs> it's kind of got that same vibes of headcount and like coherence, where like we're on the verge of seeing the the evilness, but we never quite get there uh, until like the last ten seconds of the movie. <laughs> It's like what the fuck, what the fuck is all of that? Um, but yeah, I yeah, it's uh, it. I do not like this movie. <laughs> I, I can I can unequivocally say that it's it's not good. Um, but the story is so like it's 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 a good enough hook that it makes me want to read it. Like it's based on a novella. Oh, really? It's only like 86 pages or something. So I'm like, I want to read that. And I, I saw the author and saw some of the shit he wrote. And I was like, I, I want to read his collections. I just don't. It's weird because I like everybody in this movie. <laughs> like, I like Army Hammer and Zazie Bates and uh, Dakota Johnson, who, like, I think killed it in Suspiria, you know? And then, like, I think everyone's just fucking flat in this movie and just, like, is bad. Like I don't think there's a good performance anywhere in this film, and that's kind of nuts. Um, yeah, I mean, going into like, it and seeing it was only an hour and a half, I was like, oh, well, let's see what we can pull off in that one in that amount of time. But it misses the mark for sure for a lot of it. And um, like, but like me being what a scared sucks cat, I'm like, like this got me. It fucking got me. I hate it. <laughs> what, what sucks is like I think it was for like the first like 15 20 minutes was working well when like you know like uh he has the phone and he starts getting weird messages and excuse me um and then you see like uh like when he goes and eats a sandwich in front of the water park you see the fucking college kids from the bar sitting behind him like you see they're following him and I'm kind of like ooh what's going on here and then there's like we can touch God through wounds. I'm like, wait, what? What the fuck is happening? Yeah, yeah. It it, it started out strong and kind of had so many places to go that it kind of picked the weakest link to go on, and kind of just well. And then, like, I think, like, sure. and I think it 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 uh, it doesn't have uh, a a thematic coupling. Mm-hmm between what they're doing with the interpersonal drama and the horror, I think they're very separated from each other. And I think that's a problem. Yeah. Um, you know, like, you, you know, like so much of this film it, it could be tied to alcoholism and uh, it, it, trust issues and relationships and infidelity, but that's so separate from whatever else is going on that like the only point it really ties into is when like, he's getting these pictures and shit on the phone and she thinks he's cheating on her and like how that plays into each other. Um, But otherwise everything seems so tonally disparate that I can't find the through line. Um, But I also think like the, 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 if this were like, um, like, like a, a Cronenberg or Lynch, which I think they like, kind of like play with motifs within mm-hmm. that um like you would have seen the descent of this man if yeah. it's falling into madness 
instead it's kind of like the last five minutes he kind of just like flips the switch and i'm like wait what the fuck's going on yeah it's, it's like really, why is he winning yeah it's it's really weird how they play him off is because like he's the <laughs> he's this uh caution of the wind kind of guy and not smart enough to figure out what's going on around him and then just kind of I did uh pushing it off. I saw somebody uh cuz like I I kind of like I'll start like looking around the internet for comments and shit after I see a movie, you know, mm-hmm. see, you know, what everyone's saying. I saw somebody wrote they were like he's the dumb character who would have died off screen in any other horror movie. <laughs> that's that's pretty much exactly how you should say that. Um <laughs> it's ridiculous for sure. Um but you know like you know, I just don't. There's good. I, there's like good said, imagery like, in there, and I'd be interested yeah. to see what they do down the road. But like, this because feels like very much a project that kind of got through the the lines somehow. Well, well, what happened was like his first film like blew up. I haven't gotten around to it yet, but it's supposed to be great. Um, oh fuck, what's the uh, under the shadow in the shadow something like that. It's uh, it, it's like a, an '80s period piece oh, about like uh, it's about like uh, two two sisters or a mother and daughter or something who are uh, trapped in their house during a bombing in like the Middle East at the time, huh. and there's something in there with them, and they're trapped in it, and like like that's a good hook, and apparently it's a great movie, so he was able to get this, and it's kind of like. Uh, but, like you said, there's great imagery. Like when, like when, when he's he, having the dream. When he of, drops her into the pool or the, the bathtub and it just goes all black, I was like, "Get the fuck out of there! We don't need to be anywhere near this shit." Fuck this. Mine was uh, when he's having the dream that the kids at his his kitchen table and his head is moving, like like yeah. pulsating and throbbing. That and like. When like the tiny hand crawls out of the decapitated head, Ugh. I was like, "There's some fucked up weird shit in this." Yeah, yeah. But it just doesn't. It doesn't capitalize. Congeal. And again, like it doesn't capitalize on the imagery it sets up. Sets up. Yeah, and, and because so much of it is. Could you imagine so if disparate. we get to the end where he picks up the phone out of the drawer, and like gets the message, and like there's this little tiny hand like, like reaching out of his friend's face. And he just well, I mean, we him. basically got that when he was like eating yeah. the. It, like it looked like he was like pulling Krang out of it. I guess. Yeah, face. yeah, yeah. It was weird. So, um, but yeah, you know, and like, there's these weird. It, it seems like there's more that they were trying to get to, but just never got yeah. to. Um, you know, when like it 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 it, it opens with the idea, of, you know, it, it opens with the. Uh, the Joseph Conrad quote, you know, of like the, the, you know, it echoed within him for he was hollow. And then, you know, she calls him not a real person that he's hollow, but like, I don't buy that throughout mm-hmm. the film. Yeah. So like, that doesn't quite mean. And when, you know, and that seems to be the whole precipitating factor to the end when he's like, you know, make me whole. Yeah. Like I never felt that that was where we were with that character. <laughs> it's so weird. So maybe avoid that for sure. <laughs> and also if you ever see a man get stabbed in the face with a beer bottle and he's just like Did you call the cops you pussy you, you stay away from that man <laughs> forever <laughs> never, definitely go don't 
don't go check on him the next couple days for sure. Because that man's insane. Um, from there, uh, let's finally talk about Dr. Sleep and how great that movie was. Are you being facetious or did you really like it? Did you really like it? I'm of two minds about it, which I, I know has I been really pissing you off it. lately. I really did enjoy it. Um, it's weird because I think my my main thing would be that like I think it's it it it's its own movie mm-hmm. for ninety percent of its runtime, and then it becomes a sequel to The Shining, mm-hmm. and those those two tones don't quite ever coalesce. But I like both of them, but not together. So I, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's fair, I suppose. Um, it's interesting for sure. Um, having a Stephen King, where like the villains are kind of the underdogs for most of it. Um, they have this little girl kicking the shit out of the main one that's been around forever. Um. There's a lot of things that I really did like. Um, the different powers, like how they are kind of living forever. Um, there's cool imagery. And then when you tie that in with The Shining and bring Danny back to have him go back there, um, which is cool. I was I was along for the ride for sure. I figured his dad was yeah, coming like out I said, of nowhere. Like... Uh, and then, then when you get the actors that are kind of close to what they what they were 40 years ago it just that's what's so weird is like because like those those roles are so entwined with yeah. those that like outside of doing like the weird peter cushing cgi from like rogue one i i don't know how you make that work mm-hmm. but in the end you're kind of like as powerful as this scene should be and kind of is it's just a guy kind of doing a Nicholson impression. Yeah, yeah, it kind of felt like a Saturday Night Live skit, where they're like they're just right playing it by ear. They're like, "No, nah, I can make this work. Don't worry, I've seen Shining before." Um, but yeah. but like like just the shining nerd in me, like to see Danny walking down the hall just like Jack did, and go into the gold room yeah. and fucking the bartender to be his dad and then them have that confrontation and not for it to be this reconciliatory thing. You know, it's not like, I know you loved me and it was the hotel dad. It was like, fuck you. You were a piece of shit and you ruined mom's life and probably mine. Yeah. And I'll never forgive you for that. Yeah. Like, I like that they did that route. Oh yeah. Um, and just like, like <laughs> when, the, when they pull up in front of the hotel and he's like, stay here in the car. And she's like, why would I stay here? And he's like, I have to go wake it up. And I'm like, oh, fuck. He's going to go wake up the evil hotel. Yes. Yeah, I was all bored. I was like, let's get shit started. Um, I was hoping we were going to see uh, his friend with the axe in his fucking gut, but never did. Um, I thought, I was hoping we'd see the bear man or the dog man <laughs> or whatever the fuck. I didn't even think about that until right now. Oh, man, that would have been awesome. Could you imagine, like, <laughs> One of the mental coffins opens up and it's just a dude in a furry suit. And he's just like, he kept coming to me as a kid trying to blow me. I had to put him in the box. Makes perfect sense to me. Uh, but yeah. But, and then like, uh, the, the actual resolution at the end, like 
is too much of like it it, it seems like acquiescence to Stephen King. Yeah. Um because this is such a weird hyper blend. Um, you know, it's based on the book, which <laughs> the ending of the book wildly diverged from the ending of the shining see that's like, what i was gonna ask you about is because for somebody that really hated the shining when it came out and even like made a different one this one kind of like goes back to that one he hated so heavily when he goes back to the hotel yeah and but like i said it it, it feels like kind of like a a fucking like uh, a mulligan i give again because oh, okay. the end the ending of it is essentially the ending of the shining book. Okay. You know, it's in the book, Jack ends up possessed by the hotel and Danny, you know, chides him is, you know, you're not my dad. You're just the, the face it's wearing. And then the boiler ends up exploding and the whole hotel goes down, which is essentially how this ends. So it's kind of like this, like we'll give Stephen King the ending. He didn't get in the original (laughs) shining, which obviously wouldn't be the ending to this book so it's this weird kind of like melding of two things um i hope we go vampire hunting now salem's lot man oh is go that? get them vampires oh yeah salem's lot vampires is it mm. does it follow that girl in dr sleep because i'm sure it doesn't no <laughs> um but you know i don't know were I, these, I liked it were these creatures essentially vampires though psychic vampires probably okay (laughs) i don't know i never i i have the book i got it for christmas and i've just never read it i got it years ago um (laughs) but uh but i have a huge pile of stephen king i'm working my way through chronologically um but uh apparently in the book like the like the va- the vampires predict nine eleven, and they go like feast on all the shine that's coming out of the twin towers. I'm like, what? <laughs> the- were you on coke again, Stephen King? Uh, wow, that's awesome. That's something for sure. Uh, <sighs> that said, um, I like the little girl. Um, I like you and McGregor. I love Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah. Like, I wish she did more outside of like being great in this and mission impossible. Um, I like Mike Flanagan. Like I said, like I've been pushing him on you for years now um, between hush and house on haunted Hill and this. Hell yeah. But overall, I'm just kind of like, it's fine. You know, like nothing blew me away about it. I think it works so well for me because, I mean, Shining was first introduced introduced to me like a few weeks ago. And then just having this to cap it off kind of works so well. Um, considering Shining turned out to be not as horrifying as I had built it up to be over the years. Um, yeah. It was much more manageable and this was just kind of a, just a nice cherry on the top for it, I suppose. Um but it's it's got to be so interested to to get into the actual books and see what's how it was told rather than just seeing yeah seeing how it was depicted. Yeah, well, you know, it it is what it is. Yeah, there's literally parts in there that I'm like, oh my god, it's so Stephen King. I hate everything about <laughs> it because like he does 
he does have his faults, you know, yeah. but like, like the idea that like this roving pack of these immortal psychic vampires are coming to get you, and it's just Danny Torrance and his friend in the woods with a gun just shoots them all down. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? What is going on here? Makes perfect sense. Hundred percent. That's good stuff. Um, so yeah, that's back to sleep. Uh, what do we got for next week? Obviously, the weeklies. Um, what's in theaters this weekend? Knives Out, son. Oh, fuck yeah, Knives Out. I'm so ecstatic for this. Hell yeah. We got anything else? In um, uh, I think something else can, comes out, but I can't remember. Um, 21 Bridges came out last weekend, apparently, if you want to watch that. I'll see if I can. Or is it on uh, Netflix or Hulu? No, theatrical. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's the Chadwick Boseman movie. Oh, that's right. Right on. Uh, yeah, I'll see if I, I didn't even know it's that anywhere close. I'll check it out. And then um, the uh, the Irishman comes out tomorrow on Netflix. Oh, fair enough. So yeah, watch all that stuff. We'll come back and talk about it next week. Uh, peace, pineapple, all that good stuff. Later.